Chad and Larry with the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Uh, good to have you this Friday morning. It's good to be here, Chad. It's Friday. It is Friday. And you're going away for a week this weekend. Next week, not this week. This weekend you're leaving. This weekend we're leaving, yes. Yeah, yeah. and you're going to go cruising. Well, something like that. That's correct. Yeah, well, you got the whole family it's have a, a great time. Brian's favorite trips, cruises. He We're like, going to get him on one one day. He likes boats, right? He loves boats. Big boats are better, though. I think big boats are better, but the, I guess they could still sink. But yeah, well, I there's think, one famous one called the Titanic. That was so long ago. That just stays in people's minds. I know. But, uh, yeah, we, we're talking about real estate, not cruising. But um, we're the today's show, we're going to kind of cover some some things that we've had some uh, some comments on. So this is kind of <laughs> based on our anecdotal experience that's come up of late. Um, of uh, Several times. Yeah, several times of subsidized housing. Is it good? Is it bad? And this could be both ends. And, and if Erica calls in, we'll talk to her a little bit about uh, subsidies that are out there for people to buy houses because they're out there as well, and and there's advantages and disadvantages with that, just like there is with on the rental side, subsidized housing, which would be like Section Eight uh, vouchers. Are they good or are they bad? We're going to kind of unpack that a little bit today because we have had lots of questions about it. We're selling a property, a duplex, and one one side of it has a Section Eight uh, person. Uh, renting um, and so uh, some of the people have even asked us that are buying not just other investors like is that good do you like it some people think it's the best thing ever and some people are like i'll never rent to a section eight person and brings up another another question though right um is it legal legal to deny someone that has a section eight voucher the to to rent your property if you're renting a property, a, let's just say it's your individual house that you owned and you lived in it, and you decided I'm going to move, but I'm going to keep the house and rent it, is it illegal to say I'm not renting to a Section 8 tenant? Well, that depends on the situation, I think, Chad. Well, didn't we just have someone who said I'm not renting to a Section 8 person? Yeah, because they didn't want six kids and one adult in their home with a three-bedroom home. And what we tell people that say, hey, do you take a Section 8 voucher, we would say we would consider it. And not, not it's not a yes, but it's not a no. And so right. and the, the thing that we say is, look, you're going to have to qualify just like anyone else would have to qualify. And, yeah, if you're having six kids in a two-bedroom house, the answer is no. Yeah, that's just way too much. <laughs> so it's a little, little too much wear and tear there. But, you know, then what <clears throat> you got six kids and just you, your hands are full just raising kids, much less doing and going to work. Well, we know there's an inventory shortage on the real estate sales side. We've talked about that over and over again. And uh, interest rates going up doesn't help the crisis because it kind of locks people that have a house that have a good rate into their house. They don't want to move and lose that three or four percent interest rate. They want to stay put and wait. Um, waiting, you, you know, we Erica's talked about this as well. Waiting may not be the best option if you're looking to get into the market because prices are probably not going to go down because of the inventory. What happens to rent prices when inventory is down on purchasing homes? Well, and that's the thing. That's why we're talking about subsidized housing right. because it, there's also a shortage on the rental side. Now, there has been some loosening in that as new product, I guess multifamily housing or whatever, comes on, on the market. 
it loosens up from time to time, but it's still tight, still very tight, and prices are are not cheap. If you're out there looking for a rental, you know that. Especially the new construction rental unit of some type that's uh, uh, very high. You pay for the brand new smell, the, <laughs> the new car smell like we like. Well, yeah. You pay for that just like you do yeah. with housing. So we're going to talk about that the uh, the ramifications or the the implications the pros and cons of what it looks like if you do Section Eight housing and Section Eight basically is a program where people have to apply to receive um, uh, assistance, I guess, and it's based on income. Uh, so if your if your income fits certain parameters, and I don't know what the that specific income is it changes based on uh, a lot of different things that inflation may play into that Uh, how much money you make how big your household size is all those things are going to play into um, if you qualify for section 8 housing assistance subsidy Um, now right now what you're going to find if you go to apply there is a waiting list so it's going to be hard to get in. You're going to have to apply, and, and it's going to be a, a time to get in. Now, uh, we've actually rented to people who were working through um, this program called Transitions before. It's a, a program downtown Columbia that um, that helps people who uh, need housing. They have, uh, you know, their it's parents kick, kick people out of, uh, young people out of houses, um, just a variety of different reasons, women that, that need you know, coming out of a abusive relationship, just a variety of different things, and they help folks get housing. They they put them in a downtown facility or wherever else they may have uh, places to um, to house them temporarily. But they try to find them permanent housing, and a lot of those people will go on to Section Eight or you know assisted subsidy housing to help them over over the hump are they also uh the ones that work in helping them find a job or something chad they help them through all that so um and and we should have the person on on uh, the air with us one day we we talked about that we just never got them on yet but they can explain this much better than we're trying to do right now but there's lots of programs like that out there yes there are more than one program out there to help folks and so we're all about helping folks um, but you also have to look at when you're renting a property, um, is it going to work financially? Are you going to put someone in a worse position because you are you have certain criteria? And you say, well, I'll just do this anyway. But you have to look at each individual and be fair about whoever you're looking at and have the same process every time. That's right. You know, that's the problem. You can't say, well, I'm not taking you, Section 8 person but I'll take the next one, and their family composition looks the same. You just feel better about this one. You have to do the same thing. Same I, I, background. Right. And if you if you say, look, I'm not taking uh, this tenant because they have uh, six kids and a mom, well, then you should have a policy on I'm only going to have this many individuals staying in my house. Right. Then it's not about this family. It's about, hey, there's two bedrooms here. I'm going to have a total of four people in this house, period. That's the max. Mm-hmm. You know, and if it's more than four, then then you don't qualify. Uh, and it's got to be a legitimate number. I mean. All right, and that's, that is legitimate if you have a policy and procedure, and it needs to be across the board. So we only got a minute left, so if you're out there listening and you want to pick up our podcast, make sure you do that at palmettorealestatepros.com. Listen anytime you would like, at any moment you would like, anywhere you would like, as long as you have a phone, you can do that. And so... 
um before we go on break also we've got I guess shout out to uh to dawn if she's listening online safe travels again california this girl can't stay put she loves california well i think she has business there as well yeah. and i think she's going to take the california real estate exam to get her license yeah. in california yes. so we wish her the best and um, when we come back we'll kind of look at some articles that have come up that we've seen um, on these pros and cons of renting to Section 8 housing. Hang on there. We'll be back shortly, and um, we'll see you in a few minutes. If you have a co- comment, question, you want to call us, 803-799-8255. Call us on the other side of the break. We'd love to hear from you. Chad and Larry with the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Welcome back to the show. It's live and it is nine seventeen in the morning on Friday if you're listening live. Boy, so late, so early. Exactly. And you know what we talked about before the break? We were talking about um, Section 8 assisted housing or um, subsidized housing, I guess is a better way of saying it. Um, and in particular, we're talking about for the moment rental subsidized housing. Is it good? Uh, what do you think about it? What are the pros and cons? We'll get into that. But listen, if you're out there and you've experienced this, if you've worked with, um, you know, Section 8 housing or you specialize in this, we know we have all kinds of listeners out there. Call us and let us know your perspective. 803-799-TALK. It's 803-799-8255. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, the pros, I guess we could start here. Um, your Your rent is more stable. You you have rent coming in from the government that is pretty stable. That's the pros for the for for se- yeah for, so for the landlord for the owner yeah. exactly and we have um, uh, mobile home park that we're managing we have other properties and we have section eight tenants in those properties and it's it's kind of amazing really I mean you get a check with um you know that's that's uh you know ACH or transferred into your account every month at the beginning of the month around the third of the month third to fifth of the month transferred in and you get an email with a list of all the tenants and so that's kind of nice i mean that is pretty good so what about the uh, tenant themselves is there a positive for the tenant well the tenant gets a place to stay obviously and it's um you know they have to find they it's the tent up to the tenant to find the place to stay so the section eight facility uh, like here it would be uh, state housing i think there's a uh, at outlet point in columbia there's a place i think richland county issues some vouchers lexington county and then you got the state but um whoever issues the voucher just says hey when you find a place let us know and uh, the they come and inspect the place and so this is maybe a con i mean it's not really because if your place is um you know, in decent shape. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're not really looking for major items. They want to make sure the windows go up and down. They want to make sure the heat works, the stove works. I mean, they do a, an inspection. They check check uh, the electrical a little bit. So, but it's not anything completely like a like a major overhaul. Yeah. But if you have a real fixer upper, you probably don't want to go that route. I mean, no. you probably don't want to be renting it yet anyway. But no. Um, so there are some things, and then there's a annual reinspection that has to happen every year. 
but um you know there's a uh, also i guess we need to mention that because someone has a voucher does not mean that all of their rent is covered necessarily correct so it could be that they get half of their rent paid or it could, 75% right so yeah. someone called me yesterday and we get get a lot you know hey do you take section 8 vouchers and my first question is well how much is your voucher for and they'll tell you well it's three for three bedrooms they'll give me $1200 a month and i was like well we've got a house that's $1800 a month can you pay the difference no Okay, next call, right? And, and, of course, these vouchers and things are for people with limited income, at least at the moment, and they're trying to take care of the public to give them something affordable that they can be in, pay the rent, pay the electricity, pay whatever portion they have based on their income or their situation. Right, and so when you when someone calls about, hey, do you take Section 8, I mean, the, the answer could be yes but we never say yes immediately because we don't know Correct. i mean i guess the general maybe yes we would consider it but it's not a yes yet and you know when they say well i've got a voucher we've had people say well why do i need to do an application because i'm gonna put you through the same process that anyone else would go through and just because you have a voucher does not mean i want you as a tenant you know, we look at the background of every person see how they've done it they've rented somewhere else that uh, they do have stable income enough to at least pay the electric bill and buy groceries and those kinds of things so we've, we're looking at the whole background just like we would anybody that didn't get a voucher right and you have to look at at the uh the the income just as you would on another tenant now their income is gonna it may not be you, you might can give a little more leeway because most or all of their rent is covered under the the voucher but we've actually had people that have a section 8 voucher that have no income zero and we're like well how are you going to pay for the electricity how are you going to pay for you know your your groceries how are you going to get anywhere you know because those are things you have to look at and sometimes what we found with and it's not every time but on some of the section eight if we're going to go look at the the negatives that we've seen is some of the tenants don't take personal responsibility for the property they're living in they just think well i'm on section eight i don't do anything well you still have to change the filter you still have to change the batteries and the smoke detectors i mean we we still have things we would ask you to do cut the grass cut the grass right vacuum the floors so I think this is the biggest problem a lot of people have with it is like the the um you you got to look at the tenant just like with anything else is the tenant going to be responsible because no matter who you put in your house you're giving them a bundle of rights just like you would on a on a sale of a property the only difference is you're not transferring the title but for however long your lease is you're giving them the rights to that property. Well, what does a bundle of rights mean, Chad? Well, it means that they have rights to enjoy that property, to live in it, to have peace and quiet, to have rights to that property, um, even disposition to the property. And and you can take some of the disposition rights away, like you can't sublease this property. You can't, um, you know, uh, lease it out to someone else, assign your rental agreement. But you they still have the same rights as someone who buys a house has if you're going to come over to their house to do an inspection or something do you have to give them notice 
No, you just show up anytime you'd like. <laughs> right? And I mean we've actually heard these stories though of people saying my landlord just shows up and walks through my house with the key, like comes in the door, walks in the door and just says, Hey, I'm here doing inspection or I want to see what was going on. That is actually illegal. <laughs> That's not just a bad idea and a bad landlord. That's actually illegal. You have rights as a tenant. Now, Correct. I, my my rights as a landlord say I have to give the tenant 24-hour notice. It doesn't say how I have to give them the notice, but I have to give them notice. So usually what we do if we're doing inspection or somebody needs to come by the house, we post a note on the door. And say, hey, we're coming tomorrow. Send an email. Send an email. Maybe However, several of those things. Yeah, but you want to let the tenant know. I mean, that's no good, right? To just walk in someone's house no. because it is their property for the time being. They're however paying, long, as long as they're paying for it, it's their property. Well, if you have a one-year lease, it's their property for one year. That's right. I mean, it is. You're you're allowing them to have your property for one year. Yeah. So this is why some people don't want to lease, right? I'm now, not going to do that. Of course, in your lease, there are certain stipulations you want to make sure of. Like, okay, you think there's three people living there. They can't bring other boarders and rent rooms to them uh, without your knowledge. Exactly. And so I guess the, the short answer to Section 8 is, is it worthwhile? Well, it depends on you because there are rules uh, associated with taking the Section 8 money as well. You You have to... Uh, live by a certain they're going to do a annual reinspection inspection and you have to kind of get used to the fact that every year they're coming out and doing an annual reinspection and most of the time they find a little something yeah and they and they can also change your rent voucher on you well not on you they're on the tenant on the tenant that's yeah what I mean. so change and we've had this happen uh just just last month the tenant said my so their voucher was for um, I can't remember what it was, but they were paying a small portion of the rent. It wasn't much. And the voucher was changing because they earned more money. Mm-hmm. So because they earned more money, they were getting less on their voucher. This is another problem with all of government subsidies, actually, because there's an incentive almost to not do any better. <laughs> because if you do better, you lose your voucher or lose a portion of your voucher. So, I mean, that's always a challenge, though, with any kind of subsidy or government assistance. It's this idea like, well, man, if I if I get this really good job, I'm going to lose all the whole voucher. Well, that's because you're it was supposed to be transitional. It's not to be supposed to be forever on a voucher. That's correct. Now, there are some people that that's just how it's going to be. And, and that's what it's there for. But we should want to be moving upward. And in some of these cases, you see the Section 8 people stay on it forever. And, um, you know, just be aware of that. Um, and when they come to do a reinspection, um, the the uh, state housing folks, they're going to check uh, the same stuff they checked when they when they first moved in. And if anything has changed, they'll, uh, you know. So advise you. Yeah, they'll let you know, <laughs> hey, these things need to be fixed or we'll stop sending you the voucher. And you know, usually they give you time. They won't just stop sending the voucher. They'll say, hey, within 30 days or we'll come back and do a reexamination and it needs to be corrected. But what we found is sometimes the people on Section 8, they know how to work work it. They'll come up with things to tell the inspector like because they want you to fix stuff or replace stuff. That they may have damaged. Well, I had a lady kept asking me to get her refrigerator. Um, and it was a stainless steel refrigerator, but it was it wasn't big enough. I'm using air quotes, right, for mm-hmm. her. 
and she kept telling me to get a new one. I'm like, well, that was what was provided. Well, when the Section 8 person came by, they said her refrigerator is stuffed too much. She might need a new one. I'm like, well, she might need to get one <laughs> because that's not my problem. But, you know, if they – and the lady said, well, I know. I mean, like she knew she couldn't make me get one, but they're trying to work with the tenant too. And, you know, is there something you can do? We understand all those things. Yes, yeah, so these conversations will 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 happen, and so if you you're out there and you've ever experienced this and you've been through it, um, you know how this works. Now it's not that bad, actually, if you if you're systemized in your approach and you understand the process. I think a lot of people they go in and say, "I'm going to take this this uh, tenant and this money," and they don't look at the process and examine the tenant. That's where most people get into troubles. So we only got about ten seconds, so. Uh, hang on through the break. When we, we'll get back, we'll kind of delve into these topics some more. 803-799-8255. Call us if you have any questions, comments. And we're back. It's Chad and Larry with the Palmetto Real Estate Pros. Are you still here? Mr. Still Jordan. here. It's only 9.30. I hadn't gone to sleep or nothing yet. That's right. The wise one is here in the chair beside us, listening, waiting to inject words of wisdom. Now, I was just listening to the commercial about being woke up in a HGTV binge? rehab binge. Oh, well. I think we stay in one. <laughs> it's, a, it's a binge session for us every every day. That's right. So. Let's let's uh let's finish and uh we were halfway there, right? Can you believe it as time is flying by? So it's... we're talking about um subsidies um in the rental market. I mean there's also subsidies on the buying side. You can get USDA housing which has subsidies and kind of sort of not really, but it's uh maybe not a subsidy but like FHA and um va is kind of a subsidy the reason you don't have to put 20 percent down or more on your house is because because the government in some way is is um guaranteeing the loan and sometimes south carolina has a program to help people as well exactly and um erica can tell you all about those things even if she doesn't call in today you can listen um to past episodes or if you go on our website palmetto real estate pros.com Click on that link to get Erica, and you can get all that information. She can tell you all about it. Now, with any subsidy, there are rules. And so it's just not like, okay, come get in a line. Here's the money. That would be great. But that's not how it works. Now, there is a line. There's a, <laughs> there, line. There's a line. Yeah. Some people wait a while to yes, get, get but, to the front of the line. And so we were we we're talking about the pros and cons of this. And, and one of the things with the, the, the I guess, the, the pro is that the, the money is going to come in unless there's some kind of government, major government problem. And then we're all in a really bad way if oh, that happens, if, yeah. if the money completely dries up for this stuff. But Section 8 money is really... Uh, among the most reliable because it comes straight from the government and so whatever portion they pay that comes directly into your bank account or via check and most of the time it's, it's a bank account uh, right into your account um, immediately every month and so and this is interesting because um, you know some people one of the cons i guess is you know these are low income 
um, and folks that need assistance, obviously, they wouldn't be getting the subsidy if the assistance wasn't needed. And this is the housing and urban development uh, is where the money comes from. Right. And so uh, and it's, it's each state has their own uh, that, that distributes it. Like South Carolina housing would be our state that, that distributes this money, that allocates the money to the tenants. And, um, you know, so... That that's a concern. Well, these the 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 tenants are low income. Am I going to have a problem collecting? Well, the collecting part is maybe easier in a sense because it's coming from the government. Um, so we have like this is an example. We have a a tenant that pays their portion that they pay. We have some that pay as little as twenty six dollars a month. Now some the the they cover the whole thing. Sure, but think about this: twenty six dollars a month. If you if your rent is nine hundred dollars a month, and the tenant only has to pay twenty six dollars of the nine hundred dollars, what happens if they don't pay you? Good question. What happens? Can you evict them? You can certainly evict them because it's unpaid rent. It's unpaid rent. Now think about this: it's twenty six bucks. Are you going to evict them? Probably not. For the first seventeen months, <laughs> but you see, this is this is kind of why it's it's a little bit of a challenge, and and it's hard. Like if you're getting a, a guaranteed rent of seventy five percent or eighty ninety percent, I guess that'd be more like be ninety five percent of your your rent almost. Do you evict or do you just like? Swallow I'll just keep on. I'll just keep collecting, counting the uh, and and then another question is what what about late fees? If mm-hmm. they don't, if your late fee on your lease is ten percent, so if it's a nine hundred dollar a month rent, and your late fee is ten percent, like ours is typically ten percent. Some people have a a daily fee. Do you charge ten percent on the full rent or ten percent on the twenty six dollars? Good question. You need to have that in your lease. Mm-hmm. Now, ours is going to be, look, it's 10% of whatever the rent is total. That's what ours is. And so it's a policy, right? So we're not singling this Section 8 tenant out and being mean to them. It is what it is, right? If you don't pay, it's kind of just it's automatically assessed on there, unfortunately. That's right. So that's why it's better just to do it and get it done. But these are the, these are some questions people have, like, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. And, and what they're only paying twenty six dollars, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and that's pretty good to collect most of your rent. All right, now I think we have a caller on the line. Jody, are you with us? I think Jody's out there somewhere. I'm here. All right. Well, good to have you. What what can we help you with today? What kind of question or comment you got for us? Well, I got a comment, um, and I'm just wondering when. I want to make sure I say this politely. When are we going to stop living off the government teat? <laughs> when are people going to start recognizing that that all that does is create more taxes, more government bureaucracy, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until we've got a, a just a, a bureaucracy that can never be penetrated? Well, let, let me kind of answer that because Chad and I were talking before the show today uh, what we have, we have a section of people that are disadvantaged in America, no question. But a lot of the disadvantages, in my thought, is education. And I would like to see them take some of this money and apply it to educating people, helping them get a job, making it kind of mandatory you got to come to class if you're going to collect money. 
and at some point they find a job and get out on their own to pay their own rent. But that's not going to change unless some people get behind that program and kind of get people educated. A lot of people drop out of school. They don't have a trade. They go to college, get an education, and never use one thing they learned in college, or they or they drop out. So we have a lot of people, because of these programs, grow up in the system, so to speak, and that's the system they know. So we need to help our legislators help people uh, and, and the, point, the, system. the point is a good point that Jody makes because, you know, until it changes, it doesn't change. It doesn't change. You know, and it's like, when does it change? Well, it changes when it when we have the will to change it. And unfortunately, you know, we don't we don't see that right now. Mm-hmm. And so the the programs are there. And I guess a, a, another like a you could go a little philosophical in, in a way like, OK, am I enabling uh, this when i take section eight money if i'm a landlord and i guess that could be a question someone's going to have to have to ask themselves is i'm not taking it because i don't think i want to contribute in a way but in in another way it's like you know what the 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 folks that are out there that have applied for this money and we see a lot of them that really deserve and need the help yeah there's disadvantage that for reasons that they should be able to get some subsidy they're gonna have to live like uh handicaps that they can't yeah. help you yes. know s- s- stations in life that that uh you know but there's a lot of them that they're never going to get off of it because they don't want to get off of it Correct. and that is perpetuating the problem for sure and so, and it does, it's a, it's a different mindset, you know, uh, and we, we've seen both. Like people say like, I'm going to get off of this as quick as possible. Um, but that's kind of rare, really. When you think about it, it is a rarer thing to see people that are like, look, I hate this. I'm going to get off all these subsidies because it's almost like, well, look, they're handing it out. Why shouldn't I take it? And it's compelling, right? You know, like I, everybody tells me I should do this and take this money. And, um, you know, there's, there's the, the, the pride of, you know, I'm going to work for it myself is not quite there. That's correct. And our politicians kind of, in some ways, maybe look at it and help buy them votes, too. Well, that's a big part of it. Yeah. And that's a that's a problem. And so, you know, as we look at these pros and cons, that's that's one of the things to consider. Government regulations killing yep. us. So, Jody, we appreciate you calling in and bringing that up because this is something that people think about. It's like, do I have to take this money? No, you don't have to take it. In our state, you don't. Now, there are many states that require you to take uh, the Section 8 money um, or housing money. If if someone comes up and they say, I, I want to apply, you you must pursue that applicant. Now, you still have application. You still have your process you have to go through. And you can still deny people for non-qualification, but you can't deny them just because they're on Section 8. Mm-hmm. Our That's state, a great question. And, yeah, and our state does allow you to just say, I'm, I don't take Section 8. Um, so, and, and one of the cons is, as we move down this process, is your property is going to be subject to more, um, uh, I guess you would say, uh, looks, more regulation. You are going to be subject mm-hmm. that you might not think about. You know, so like windows is one. And we have an apartment we had rented a while back. And, um, you know, who goes out the windows? I don't know. I mean, like, and it had sideways, you know, windows that can't, they were side, they opened sideways. And, you know, one of the locks was broken, but nobody had used that window in 20 years. 
Well, they made us put a lock on the window. I mean, it wouldn't open, but they made us put a lock on it. It had to open, and we had to put a lock on it. So we had to and, and screens. Right. So I mean, it's I'm just sometimes it's kind of like okay, that's fine, whatever. But it does create other um, issues that you may have to address. And so Section Eight tenants puts, I guess you could call it scrutiny in a sense on the property because of their rules and regulations and uh you know it it is kind of regulated by hud the housing and urban development and so you have to determine you know is it worth that and then you, another thing that they do is they going they are going to determine what the fair market value of your your property is and so how do you determine that well on the application they give you there's three spots that you have to put in other rentals and you have to verify um how is is it in line with other rents now how do you find that out well it's easy enough you can look on zillow look on apartments.com look on properties for rent near me but they can't do that you have to right you have to well they they can tell you it's wrong yeah now i've never tell them i've never had them tell me that it's it's wrong you know, no, we haven't. but they could. And so usually you just say, hey, two bedroom mobile home near me for rent. And you can pull up other ones and use that as your comps, if you will, your comparables. But they're going to verify that it's not not overpriced. You know, they're going to verify that it's within market price. So hang on to the break and we'll continue this lovely, wonderful topic on the other side. See you shortly. And we're we back. back. We're back already. It's, it's uh, who is who is who are we? We're Chad and Larry, right? Uh, the Palmetto I'm, Real I'm Estate Larry Pros for today. Today, all right. The wise one is here, so we have nothing to worry about, folks. <laughs> if you have a comment or question, you can call in like Jody did a little while ago at eight zero three seven nine nine talk. It's eight zero three seven nine nine eight two five five, and uh, the comment is well received we understand uh the comments about like you know this is kind of like how much money are we going to give away in this country that's a great question and it's it's it seems like we just keep going forever because there are no consequences hey listen we're subsidizing foreign governments (laughs) exactly and you know what's crazy is it's not forever and it won't continue because even just today um i saw a report that inflation has went up again Mm-hmm. And folks, if you're listening out there, you understand this, that when inflation goes up, it is not good for us in the real estate market. It's not good for us anywhere because everything costs more. And so this means that if it doesn't go down again, the Fed will absolutely continue to raise the interest rates, the, the federal funds rates. And so that's not good for us. And until and spending is... um you know curbed that stuff's not going to change it's it's the spending and you know the the outlays that just seem to continue on and on and on with no consequence well we're seeing the consequences of that now so that kind of uh, goes into the last caller's point that there is a point of no return we just hope you know we can before we get to the precipice right to until we get to that the Grand Canyon cliff where there's no return, we can say, hey, wait a second. We're almost at that point. Let's stop. Turn this car around. Well, you know, also things happen in 
in the world that make things change, like we're still blaming everything on the pandemic that we had with the sickness and everybody losing jobs, afraid to go to work, and that created more of a need for some of these subsidies to help people keep their house or rent a house. So it's, it's all those things combined to make it get out of control. It takes a while to grab it by the horns and stir it back to reality. Well, and, it, and it's the the challenge with, uh, like, you know, I know we're talking about subsidies and stuff, but this is really about government spending. I mean, mm-hmm. this is government money, so it's not free money. It's Well, it is to them. Well, and, you know, I've heard people <laughs> talk about other landlords who take the uh, – who, who are really – you know they they're huge on the section eight they're like look i paid in this is taxpayer money and i'm not doing anything wrong i'm not doing anything immoral i'm filling a need that the government is saying these people need a house and i'm helping them um you know fulfill this this need and i don't have one bill of guilt about it because Mm -hmm. it's money that i paid in as well correct and so then that's true right they are correct absolutely so and, you know, we have some, some tenants on, on Section 8. I mean, it's not like, you know, we fill every single unit with Section 8, but there are some that, that if they make it through the process, just like any other person, and uh, like we said earlier, we tell them the same thing we tell every single other person. You have to qualify, and you're not going to put 10 people in this house. Um, it's just not going to happen. Well, I really, really need it. You don't understand. I've looked for, you know, four years looking, and I was like, yeah, you know why you've looked for four years? <laughs> Because nobody wants to do that. That's right. I mean, that's the problem, right? And that's some of the challenges with the money is like they, they get a big voucher because their family size is so big, you get more money, or because of their income or both. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was there's a, a, a guy, I can't remember, Lance, I can't remember his last name, but he has a whole program on how to take care of people that are in need of housing that are, are not that are low-skilled um, you know, people that, you know, have mental illness, but they're functioning. And so he'll rent a house to, um, you know, transitional people that need, need the help. And he'll he actually pay for the power, the electricity. He actually will uh, clean the house once a month, mm-hmm. uh, you know, do basically take care of all of the housing, the, the cost of the housing, but he gets like three times the rental amount because he's renting it by the room and he provides plates he provides towels you know he basically it's like a hotel more or less but it's a a a long-term rental for special needs people that are it's government subsidized proud of him for doing that yeah and so made a good business out of it though yeah but he, he deserves a pat on the back for that yeah and so but it takes time to get into that niche it takes yes, time it to figure out what the regulations are because believe me there's regulations oh, you know he got a whole list right that he's got to adhere to to do that and that's one of the i guess the the the, the things that people look at with section eight is that you have a specific demographic of tenants that could fix vacancy issues in these houses. And these people that are on Section 8, they are typically on a waiting list to get into the program. And then to find a house, in many cases, they have to have a hard time. And, and really, it, these are not bad people, all of them. There's not any, they're just people just like everybody else for the most part. They're just people having a hard time. 
Well, we've we've really had some great relationships with some of the tenants yes. in in the program, and so it's, it's it's a good thing. I mean, we've had the reverse of that too. I mean, we've gotten some tenants through some processes that we're um, we had government agencies call us in the past. Hey, do you have anything? We worked with them, and it turned out terribly. Mm-hmm. The person they said, you know, was they right, vouched for them, <laughs> and they had all these skills, and, and it was mm-hmm. like this has just turned out to be a nightmare. And that will turn you off, right, to the whole program. And so um, just just look at each person individually. And usually when, um, you know, we have a problem with a tenant or something like that, it's because we didn't take the time on the front end as much as we should have or we felt felt bad. Like, yes, yeah, this person, you know, you, you have to follow whatever your procedures are. And so this brings up another point, right, Mr. Wise one? You have to have a procedure. You've got to have a <laughs> Come up with one. System. If you don't have one, look in the mirror and come up with it <laughs> because you have to have one, and then you have to stick by it. And better yet, don't just look in the mirror. Write it down. Exactly. That's even Put better because stick it in your file and say, hey, here's my procedures. Yes. Um, you know, and look, I, this is how many people I'm going to have in the house. This is the income I want to see for the person that applies. I'm going to look at your your uh, rental verification history, and that's the thing. Sometimes we can't find, you know, on on uh, Section Eight vouchers and some other. They don't have any history, right. and so it kind of makes it hard. Like, how do you do that? You may not want to, and we may not. It's like, look, you have no history. We can't rent to you, yeah. and and I know that's not really completely fair because it's like I don't have a history because I've never rented. And so you're saying I can't rent a house because I've never rented a house. I lived with my mama, or I lived with my daddy, or I stayed at my friend's house for three okay, years. Okay, that's okay. Let's get somebody to co-sign with you. Yeah. Who does have a history? Mm-hmm. Nobody will do that. Well, that might tell me something too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if mama won't help you. Nobody gonna help you. Right, and um, you know, sometimes we've had it. You know, the parents will say, you know, we're not doing that. We know how that works. We want them to do it on their own. That's mm-hmm. probably smart. Yes. Um, because if parents sign on a lease, so even if it's Section 8 or whatever, and they leave owing money or they've damaged the property, mama and daddy going to be on the hook for that. And we just went through one of those for two years. Two years, and we won the case. And how much money was it? I can't remember. $9,000. $9,000 in damages and fees. And the mom and dad signed on the lease, and they're the ones that had to pay it. Yep. Because we weren't quite sure about the the um the the child that was renting thank goodness we did that yeah but it took a long time to do it but it was right during the covid and all that stuff it just kept getting delayed and delayed and delayed but finally really rented to them to help them exactly and so that's that's what you see and so you have to weigh these options and um you know determine whether this is something you want to do or not and you know if you have any questions about renting or or the process or you decide you know what hey i'm renting my properties myself i need to not do it because i can't do it i get too wrapped up in people's stories then let a professional company do it we we might manage properties. We can do it for you, or you can get someone else to do it, but it's a good idea for you to do that. And by all means, um, this is not Section 8. This is just a free little tip. Don't rent to fa- family and friends <laughs> unless you have a property manager. And even then, that's tough, right? Yes, it's tough. Yeah, because th- that's the worst, right? You can, you know, the rela- it can go really well, but we've seen too many stories of, well, I let my son, he was going to pay me rent. 
and we don't talk to each other anymore because he destroyed the place, let his girlfriend move in, and all of his buddies, and they had parties, and, you know, on and on you go. We've heard all those stories. And so, but subsidies are are out there. It's the reality of the world we live in, the country we live in. And so you at least need to know how to uh, to to answer the questions if they come up if you're going to be renting a property. And it's not a bad thing to help some people either. Well, and, uh, and some of them need the help, and they deserve it, and we should work to help that get less and less people need it. Well, and that that is the question because people that aren't on Section Eight need the help too. Yeah, they're probably like, "Well, I need the house to pl- stay in too." Yeah. You know, so the best way you can do it is take the best qualified candidate when they submit the application, who's paid you, paid your application fees, did all the stuff that they're supposed to do, submitted all the documents you've asked for. And done it the quickest and the most timely, and that looks the best, yes. right? Based on your procedures that you have written down and come up with, right? Absolutely. <laughs> that's right. But so have a procedure and follow it. That's right. So that's where we're going to have to leave it today. What a great words from the wise one sitting in the chair today. Join us next week, same time, same channel. See you then. Admit it, you've been woken out of a home improvement fever dream after an HGTV binge session and believed you could be a house flipper. Well, that dream is more realistic than you thought. Let the pros at the Palmetto Real Estate Group of SC guide you through the investment and rehab process. And let's make those dreams come true. Learn more at palmettoreg.com.